right, so I just hit record, Sean. We're going. Yeah, we're going. We're We're rolling. rolling. Oh, is that how... Which is your real voice? You just used two voices, and this is uh, (laughs) our first podcast. I do my uh, intro. Well, I'm also a little stuffy, so I got a little bit of a sinus thing now that I'm back on the East Coast. Yeah? Yeah. That's that's the reason why? Yeah. I feel like we're a little low. I'm going to mess with some audio levels right off the bat. Yeah, let's just get the volume. Get it in in the green. No, I don't want the headphone volume. I want the... uh, Picking up the microphone. Let's get that gain up a little bit. I think that's what we need. Yeah. Ooh, well, this guy's yeah. Like, as long as we don't peak, we're not peaking, right? We're not peaking. Oh, we're, oh, th- we're kind of peaking right there. We're peaking right there. Yeah. So we're gonna just go back down. We'll just not. I'm also this. really close to the mic. Yeah. Right so now. why don't you okay. get back to your yeah. one? <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna talk again. At my one. Check. Check. Well, let's get a little angry. Let's get a little heated. Yeah, we're gonna laugh at things because this is gonna be. Turn this up. This is down. Come on. There. Maybe that works. Cool. I don't know. Yeah. It sounds fine. Um, it's edited down a little bit. Yeah, we're good. I feel like we're right in the money. All right. Um, we're right, right in the sweet spot. So I'm going to hit stop because nobody wants to hear me that. <laughs> All right. I recorded. I hit record again, Sean. Andrew's here, everybody. And Sean's here, everybody. Andrew Nealis in the flesh, live. Sean McDermott on the East Coast, recently had surgery. He's, he, but he's all right. I got up. I was like, Andrew, come over. We're going to podcast. We're going to podcast. We're going to talk about movies. We do that every day anyway. We so. do this all the time. Every single day. Uh, and we've been saying um, for a while, we just need to do a podcast. The only problem is we live on opposite ends of the country. Uh, should we explain who uh, who we are or whatever? I, well, uh, we went to college together. Yeah, we met, to at, old, uh, met at film school, Fairfield. Yeah, Fairfield. Old, F.U. Go Stags. Andrew was... Uh, the assistant director on the first film I worked on as a freshman, mm-hmm. I think, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and you could not stand I could me. not stand Sean, because... But it all was... All I wanted to do was talk about movies. All, all Sean wanted to do was talk about movies. And on this shoot, uh, it was a really long, super artsy-fartsy student film in a hotel. I had to assistant direct it. It always went over. We were always trying to do all these like lofty, like, oh, we want to have... These the tablecloths folding like flowers in like this dance. And it's like every weekend I got sick and every week I would slowly get better. And then Friday I'd be fine. And then Saturday, boom, I'm sick again. Right back to it. And then it's really long, stressful days where it's like, we don't want to fuck up this hotel. Uh, and I, this was maybe the this was one of our first times I was assistant director and Sean's new and all he wants to do is talk about like Phantom Menace and, I'm, and all I want to do is that but I have to do, I was like so focused on everything else going on and I was sick and I was just like yeah I want to talk about Spongebob of course I do but you suck I don't know you and then after that we I don't know some, like things changed after that and we were just like well the circumstances got better yeah and, uh, exactly we worked like, on some other things together we worked and, on other things yeah uh, Sean, worked on a lot of things together worked on a lot of things Sean Sean shot most of my projects in school. Um, uh, <laughs> giant Young Boy and Barricane, all on yeah. YouTube. Barricane is my magnum opus as a DP. <laughs> I seriously, it's, I seriously, it's my magnum opus as a DP. It's it's I I I love Barricane. I uh, it's the way we sh- like came at the shooting of it. We were going everything for like as natural as can be. Yeah. And we're kind of like uh, Lubeski. <laughs> I uh, I felt robbed of the best cinematography award. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I was. You were feeling. You were like, <laughs> dude. I'm most. feeling like this might happen. I, I was mean, like, how dude. Many, how many uh, how many student films were shot on six different cameras, including an iPhone? 
Yeah, I I don't know. And like to have an actual motivation behind those All choices. Yeah. And I still stand by at the very least, that's probably the thing that we succeeded at the best on well, their game. I, oh, that was so much fun to do. Yeah, it was such a crazy thing. Everybody was on board except for one of the actors who I don't think liked me. But uh I he just know. didn't get it. I don't think he got it. He we filmed, we filmed it. all this stuff in order in one day, basically, yeah. and I think that was the best way to do it. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to get that kind of a movie. Oh yeah. my god, yeah! It's I, just like I made uh, it a I'm hurricane just... with bears, and, okay. and also that's not really what it's about. No. It's, it's basically a sequel to a movie that was never made, and I <laughs> I still stand by it's it, it's interesting. It just doesn't completely work. Um, and I told you, I have another... So, I, my name's Andrew Nielis. What's, what's your name? Did you I'm uh, Sean McDermott. Yeah, and we... Yeah, so we like to talk about movies and stuff like that. I have another podcast where I talk about movies that, at the point of this recording, uh, I have my phone on vibrate on the table. Yeah. Silence um, your phone. Shut up. Uh, the I have another podcast where we talk about movies called Andrew Makes a Case that, as of now, hasn't been released, but we have like eight in the ba- eight or nine in the bag where I like talk about movies that are t- generally regarded as terrible and I just defend them. Um, but that's not what we're doing today. We're just going to talk about like other movies. We're just going to talk. Yeah. We're just going to shoot the shit. Because oh. we haven't hung out in almost a year. Yeah. There's been a lot. There's of, been a lot of movies. We like... A lot of movie news. Big movies. There's a lot of new movie news recently. There's a lot of... Like, as of like yesterday. As of... Yeah. Like huge. Yeah. So, Sean, do we just want to like roll right into Let's it? Let's roll right into <laughs> it. Because like, why not? All right. So, like... Star Wars. Also, also, I would, I would like to add... <laughs> There, you're probably besides my parents, the only person. Even my roommates, I don't talk to them every day. Really, I talk. I send you yeah. at least one article or tag you with something, and I'm just like, "Hey, check this out, dude!" <laughs> just like, dude, every yeah. single day. I, I don't I'm get fired I, up. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a day I I haven't said something. It's, about. Very, it's very very rare, and a lot of times it's like the same conversation. <laughs> Sometimes it's, like, it's a fucking movie. Yeah, like, it's like the same thing, <laughs> or like there's a certain. I I usually reach a breaking point where I'm just like, dude, I don't even fucking care anymore. But like, I do. It's just like, I don't know. Like, well, I don't, I don't like know what DC's, I don't know what DC's doing. I don't think like, they know what they're they doing. Know what they're doing. <laughs> right now, I think that they think they know what they're going to be doing, but I, uh, we'll get well, into that. Yeah, let's, well, first let's go. Let's go yeah. right into Star Wars. Oh, let's I, talk about Star Wars. Can I just finish? I, the only reason I brought up my other uh, podcast was, and it was just all, tailing off of Barricane where I, I plan on defending Barricane on my own podcast, where uh, that's that's down the line. I'm, uh, um, and you're going to save that for when I'm around, right? Uh, if I can, there's an opportunity for a live episode of that, and I uh, think it's going to be then. And uh, you said you're not around. I'll, I'll make an Undertaker surprise appearance in the corner, or even if I can just have like a video <laughs> clip, where, where like if you send me something to read, like I, I'll do that. I'll, 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 I'll release this, like a, a, statement. a statement. That's fine. <laughs> a pre-hearing statement. I'm going to see if there's anybody who worked on it with. Like I, I talked to John about it. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be around, and he might. I was just like, I, I told him I was like, I was talking to Sean about doing this, and I, I need. I feel like I'm going to need somebody to back me up because I'm going to try and stack the deck against me. Oh yeah, and <laughs> ideally this will be like real late when we do this. Um, but where I just defend Barricane. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to finish the it greatest student film ever made. <laughs> Lost the audience choice award by like two votes. I lost it too. It's, okay. I, uh, it's always the last movie they always, play. It's always, it's always the movie. last movie. And you know what? It's the freshest. And you know what? It's done. Just put a big old chip on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. Yes. Uh, anyway, so uh, enough about us and more about Disney's Movies. Star Wars. Star Wars stories. 
Star Wars spinoff. The Han Solo... The, I call it the Han spinoff solo movie. The spinoff Han solo movie. I didn't have a So bit. we uh, just got word... I think it was yesterday, because I was I in the so. car on the way home from... There's been rumors that there's been something going on. I listen... There's another podcast. I, I haven't really to. heard anything about it. I hadn't. There's one podcast that I listen to. I'm just going to plug. Uh, the Weekly Planet, I really like. They're on YouTube. These two Australian guys basically do what we're doing right now. Uh, I've, if, if we're close to that format, in my opinion, good. Good for um, us. They... I listened to an older one. Like I was like two weeks behind on their uh, podcast because they were talking about the Tom Cruise Mummy movie, and mm-hmm. I hadn't decided if I was going to torture myself and see it or if I was going to wait for an okay bootleg or like what I was going to do. I didn't necessarily want it spoiled because they're, they're just going to go through it in their review. And I listened to that a couple days ago uh, where they said one of them, they always like, they're like, oh, we might have gotten a scoop. And they're like, guys, it's probably wrong. Like, we don't know. We're just two guys. And the rumor was that there's been a lot of problems with Han Solo. And then like the next day, this was, it was like a two week old podcast. And then the next day. The directors they, are gone. They had been... They're, like, almost done with principal photography, too. Three weeks away. So that's not... That's, like, relatively... Like, yeah. they're, they're probably, like... They're on the home stretch. 75% done. Yeah. They're on the home stretch. With principal photography. Because then there's also reshoots. There's always going to reshoots. So, like... So, all right. For people that don't know, every movie ever that has a budget of, like, more than $100 million plans reshoots. And mm-hmm. I believe, actually, Peter Jackson was the first person to really do that to yeah. like plan to build them into the schedule. Um, <laughs> See, it's like, I'm tr- trying to shoot three movies. Cause I'm making once. three movies with a budget of like, and I one have, movie. <laughs> yeah. And I have to make sure the first one works. Yeah. So we're going to have to, cause they back. were writing, they were like sending pages for Lord of the Rings for, for reference, Lord of the Rings. We're talking about not the Hobbit. Not the Hobbit. Um, um, they were like sending pages day of to actors and like, you know, rewriting scenes. They shot like half of Helm's deep with our, when there Liv Tyler is at Helm's deep and fighting. Oh, there's, there's BTS footage of her fighting alongside Aragorn. They rewrote that entirely. Well, that would have been interesting. Yeah. I had no idea, and yeah. I watched all the appendices. I don't yeah. remember that. that you definitely, yeah, there's a bit there where they, they talk about that. Because you know what the Lord of the Rings that. universe needs is a badass, badass elven warrior woman. Yeah. Because, like, and that's what they try to do they, in The Hobbit. Even if they make one up. Yeah. <laughs> just add it in. Yeah. You know, don't make one of the dwarves a woman in The Hobbit movies. Don't make, I don't know, Ori a, a girl. Uh, and just to have, like, one, and then you can have one in attention yeah. that way. Like, unless Ori is one of the important ones. I don't remember. I don't think really any of them are besides Thorin Keely? and Balin. In the books. I don't even remember. I haven't read The Hobbit in a couple of years. Yeah. Now we're just having a hobbit talk uh, uh you need thorin you need the old any, one yeah anyway reshoots. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of conversations we have everybody the just one so you know, like, that has max in his head and he doesn't talk <laughs> except to the extended edition uh of the battle of five armies uh yeah the oh, extended yeah. hobbits are all better yeah i haven't i own them and i still haven't watched them well yet. sean I know. They're at my house in California. I'll probably watch them when I'm... Actually, if I'm still in bed, I might watch <laughs> if, if still, I'm still surgery. Still right? bedridden and you still uh, got some even, sweet, sweet, sweet painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> and you got nine hours to kill. Milk of the poppy. Um, <laughs> Game of Thrones reference for you. Oh, um, shit. That's coming back real, real yeah. soon. I, the There's keep releasing tra- trailers. I'm like, nope, not watching, right. not watching. Can I tell you one thing? Yeah. The one thing that audibly made me react to the... There's a new trailer for the Game of Thrones Season 7, which comes out in like 
two, like a couple of weeks. It's like what the seventeenth, I think, July seventeenth, maybe sixteenth. It's know. less than a month. It's seven something tenth, yeah. two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, oh, it looks amazing, but there's one shot in the trailer where it's. Um, I think his name, it's like Beric Dondarrion or whatever. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the Lord of Light people, one of the people from the Men Without Banners, which is, in my opinion, one of the more interesting storylines. Yes. Right. Especially right now. Especially right now. Yeah. And like, I, they, they weren't in the last season, were they? Yeah, they were. Because uh, Ian McShane. Okay. I only, or no, the Hound. The Hound joins up with them. Right. Okay, I don't remember all of season six. I'm. I'm gonna like just preface like this whole podcast with oh, spoilers because we're just oh, going. Yeah, like, we're just going. We're just, we're just gonna go stuff. in. Um, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, you guys. The hound isn't dead. Yeah, uh, I haven't rewatched season six yet. I just got it on Blu-ray because I still don't have HBO, and yeah. I haven't gotten HBO Go. But I might crush that. Starting I this might. Week. I don't know what my rewatch is going to start at. I usually go a couple seasons before. I'm not sure if I'm starting at season four or season five. I might do five six. I'm, that's kind of where I'm at. But season five is so miserable for it's, the first seventy percent of it. It's the, well, that's why I love the show too because they go like five is not that great, but like six makes five better because it's setting up stuff for six. That's the thing. Season four, it's is, a big picture show. Exactly. Season four is so good. It could have been the end of the entire series it's that good yeah. i would argue with some of like the smaller like if the show wasn't a huge success and they all you know they kept losing money and then it was like okay we're gonna cut you off at four season four would have been the end game i think and then everything that happens after would just kind of be like oh we just don't find out yeah. um where so many dominoes that had been built in the first episode and so many relationships and issues all get knocked over at the end of season four. Yeah. There's so many things that just happen and they happen. And I think like the last three episodes too. Especially too. Yeah. One of them is also just a war. It's just yeah. a crazy battle where the there's wall. giants and mammoths and it's my there's favorite. Giants riding mammoths down there. It's, Going back to Giant the Young Boy, <laughs> which is a thing that we made. This, this started with Star Wars, everybody, just yeah, so yeah. everyone knows. We're going to get back into it. I don't even want to talk about Han Solo I movie. But like, it's, I, well, I think it's, it's something just, that needs to be addressed. We, I mean, we're going to talk As about it. As people that also are in, quote-unquote, in the film industry, and mm-hmm. like I've been, I've worked on, I worked on a bigger, quote-unquote, budget thing, and I just mm-hmm. like kind of starting to understand how... I just like, kind of work in like commercial work, yeah. uh, but you know, I got we're, it. We're, we're, we understand how a lot of it works, mm-hmm. and... Um, obviously well, we think we do. <laughs> I mean, we at least try to, um, yeah. stay in the loop. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, do we keep going with game of Thrones? Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, there, yeah, I didn't say, but Barrack Bondarian, yeah, Bondarian, there is this one shot of him. He's covered in snow. It's not even, who knows if that's like exactly the North or beyond the wall or whatever. Yeah. Cause winter's here. Yeah. So we don't know how far the snow and everything is going to go. Like yeah. how far it's going to reach necessarily. And it's just him. And he picks up his sword, and then he has in one, he has one hand already gripping the sword. The other one grabs it, and right as he closes his hands on it, it ignites. And I audibly was just like, like <laughs> I'd been silent up to that point. There's like dragons and everything. But for every reason, it was that moment, and I was really fired up. Then there's like a couple seconds later, there's an amazing shot. It's like John. It, it's like four or five people on this big rock. There's a bunch of people below just fighting. And then on this big rock, it's like John is the only one you can see. Jon Snow and like three other people. And Beric with his flaming sword just like fucking dudes up. And I was just like, it's like, I was like, they, 
I keep saying Game of Thrones is just, I feel like, getting unlimited money as it, like, reaches the end. Like, yeah. it's, its budget, I feel like, has just been exponential. And they kind of have to. They put it's... every cent on the screen. Yeah. And I am so, so thankful for that. Yeah. Because they're pulling it all off. Yeah. There's not really any special effects in that show that look terrible. I... There's, like, a couple, like, I don't even want to say, like, bad shots. They're just, like, shots that, like would look good for like 2005 big budget yeah. movies that are like, it's like, I mean, it's passable. Seasons. Like it, it, like there was worse CGI in Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Like, Wonder Woman we're going to talk about, but there's, there's some, some really questionable, bad, there's some really bad CGI. Yeah. But like, yeah, I agree. Like they're, they're for a TV show. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Like the dragons aren't always photo real, but they're expressive in ways that, that, the, the the realism doesn't necessarily lie in the way that they look. It's like the way that they act and move. Like they yeah. they have all the fins on their neck, and like there's specific sort of you you get the way that they express themselves. Their anatomy, a, yeah. yeah it, it, it's it's things like that where it's like you can read these things in ways that are completely inhuman and not even necessarily like found in other animals. I'm sure they're just pulling from a bunch of different like animals. lizards, lizards and stuff. and stuff like that. But like still, it's oh, fuck, Game of Thrones is so good. Yeah. It's, I, I've been avoiding every, I saw like the I'm first impressed. teaser. I'm impressed if you've done that. Uh, oh, was that just the one where it's like, it's like statues and vague shots of like, it's like, like a, like, it's like a shot from behind Cersei, Cersei. and like, it's vague. It's just like one song kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But da-na, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's <laughs> the reigns of Castamere. Um, yeah, I've been just trying to avoid it just because of, I, wish, I like being surprised by that show. Yeah. Like now, I still feel like I don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be a bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. It's going to be cra- Like there's another season. <laughs> there's one more season after this, but like they don't show anything. It's, it's just a lot of people reacting and like fighting. Mm. And like it's basically what it is, and like winter's here, yeah. and like the war is here, and everything. They're telling you what you already know. Yeah, like a big fight's gonna happen. Winter's here. As colder as as everything gets colder, everything's more under a smaller bubble, and it's like it's getting hotter metaphorically. Like where it's he, like it's, it, we're turning up the heat, guys. Story wise, it's heating up, <laughs> but temperature wise, it's getting icy cold. Um, uh, that's a great metaphor. Yeah, it's a great I don't, comparison. I think. You know what else is called? The blackness of space. So Han Solo. <laughs> How is that? That was our first that's real a, that's transition. A good, that's a good flip around. That was there. a good flip around. Bringing uh, it on back. <laughs> on my own podcast, we, we just tangent and like maybe never even get back to our original I did. I honestly didn't think we were going to get back to Star Wars. <laughs> no, I, I, I wanted to. Uh, uh, yeah, so they're doing not, reshoots. So uh, what I'm thinking... Well... The reshoots. They're not. Well, they're doing they're what, the rest of the movie with Ron Howard. So Ron Howard Han, has been Han Roward. Han, Han Roward. Han Solo Roward. Yeah. So let's, I don't even think we explained the full situation. So, yeah. well, as what Disney, the quote unquote situation that they're telling us. Disney bought the rights for Star Wars a couple years ago. And with that, they initially promised a new trilogy of episode numbered movies. Seven, eight, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine. Are Probably 10, 11, Guaranteed. 12. Yes. Um, although I recently heard the plan is going to be to wait another life. They should. They're, they're going to, like, they're going to come back with, like, every time Star Wars kind of comes back, they're going to make it, try, they're going to try and make it mean something. They should. And that's the best way to do it. Yeah. It, otherwise, like, 
So they already made episode seven with J.J. Abrams, which was the safest bet of all time. And they're playing their cards close to their hand. Yes. They spent $4 billion to buy Star Wars, and they basically made like half of it back just with with, one movie. Yeah. And then marketing and everything else. They made it. They they made it merch. Like, all right, the BB 8 toys alone. That was just what I was about to say. (laughs) BB 8 is the most marketable creation. Of all times, George yeah. Lucas was probably just like Shit. crying, like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" Like he would—that's probably the thing that made him okay with it. Where it's like, "You guys are selling a lot of these BB-8s," and yeah, you know, I'm I'm proud of you. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah. Then they made. Now they're trying to do spinoff movies in between, and the first one that they did was Rogue One, which Who you and I have similar opinions of. We both didn't love it. I don't. When I left, I also Rogue don't even know if one, I like it. It's coming to Netflix. Is it? Next month, I believe. Really? It's coming soon to Netflix. Okay. Um, so if you guys have Netflix out there, give it an old spin on your data Because I, yeah, I haven't even bought the Blu-ray. I was like, I, I don't, don't want to waste my money. Yeah. If I they don't care. came out with a director's cut, you know, uh, I want to know what happened behind the scenes of that movie. Because basically, Same some thing of the happened. rumors, it kind of, this is what happened on Rogue One. So the less, direct, less publicly. Less publicly. And also, maybe not, or... The director of Rogue One was just playing the game and like kind of maybe got like bullet. Like he didn't pull a Josh Trank. No, Josh Trank was like, listen, all right, I'll take the bullet. Just let yeah. me still have the credit. Yeah. Like, or Josh Trank who did Chronicle and then Fant, Fant He, uh, burned all of his bridges. Apparently he I, went, he went down guns blazing. He went down guns blazing. No one really knows what happened on that. He might've had a drug problem. He yeah. might've been fighting with everybody. He might not have, it was his second movie. He might not have been able to, he Handle. had like a, like he went from a $14 million movie to $140 million movie. Like something like that. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. To a, like a potentially flagship property for Fox who doesn't have it. They're right now. They're the first family, the first family of comics of superheroes. Um, and he and they're impossible to adapt. <laughs> exactly, he screwed that up. Basically, somebody stepped in. Rumor has it to do a bunch of reshoots, and it really shows the movie. Fan four stick is all over the place. It's really bad. Uh, we don't have to talk about it too much. Um, but he, like, when the movie came out, he was like really bummed that the movie I tried to make couldn't even get made and brought to the screens. And then it's like, okay, buddy, you're not working anymore. Yeah, uh, he hasn't made anything since, but he's been trying to. And yeah, I, I think someone will give him a shot. I hope it happens. I, I think someone will, someone that respects an artist would be like, because now it's like, yeah, he's kind of. That's interesting. There'd be a lot of eyes on it in a way where it's just kind of like, all right, let's see what he can yeah. like, actually do. Because Chronicle's a good movie. I love. It's a good movie. Chronicle. I stand by Chronicles like my favorite found footage movie. Probably. It's probably one of the best. It's not like the purest found footage movie, but they do the most interesting things with the structure of it. I think. Yeah, and it's also written by one of my personal favorite. No, John. Current, right? Not John. Landis. Max Landis. Max Landis. Yeah, uh, John Landis's son. His uh, rest of his filmography isn't that great. But that movie's good, and I just like his outlook on writing and yeah. how he he's creates. A, he's a very public, um, outspoken, outspoken writer. Outspoken about writer. the industry, too. Uh, he exactly. talks a lot about the industry. He's young. He's maybe 30. He's probably he's like 30, 30, 31. Yeah. Okay. So he's youngish, and like you don't, there's not many voices like that where it's like, I'm a writer in the industry. I've had some, he's had, as outspoken as he is, he hasn't had any real great, great success since Chronicle. No. Um, he wrote like American Ultra, which I haven't seen yet. Which I, I, I watched bits see. and pieces. It's pretty funny. It like looks, it's got some bits. It looks it's got some good. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I like Max Landis. He's a little much at times. Uh, he's very opinionated. Very back, opinionated. Back to Star Wars. Yeah. He was the one who was leading the Mary Sue claims yeah. on Ray, yeah. which was a thing. Um, but so, And everyone claimed he was a sexist for it. And I'm like, no, he, he's, he's championing for good female characters. He's, like, he wants them to be better. He, yeah. And he, <laughs> he's generally, he tries to be as um, uh, socially conscious as possible. And I think, yeah. like, I, I think a lot of times it's like, it's coming from. He might not. Always, it comes from a place where he cares about this. He might yeah. not always. He's like. Well, he says say it how it right. is. Yeah. yeah. He, he says it in a very. He's very harsh. He's outspoken. He's very outspoken. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so anyway, Rogue One. Gareth Edwards directed that movie. Gareth Edwards had done the movie Monsters before, which is like a ten thousand dollar monster movie, small movie. I saw it in college. I saw this like freshman year so it was like 2010 2011 and then he got brought on to do godzilla the american godzilla the 2014 one and that's a case where somebody went from like a 10 grand movie to like a 200 million dollar movie and it works i stand by that godzilla movie is fucking amazing yeah it visually tells the story in ways big blockbusters just don't anymore it uh if it has a lot of problems i will admit yeah, it, it's it, it's but, it's like a it's a better version be, of the '98 movie. It is, but it's also trying yeah. to be like this grand. It's trying the first. I still stand by the first shot of that movie is a cave painting of Godzilla, and yeah. then it keeps fast forwarding through time. But it makes like that first jump from cave painting to like the next thing is like ten like ten thousand years at least. Yeah. Where if that's where you're starting. And just with a cave painting and then everything else, and Godzilla is kind of supposed to be this like mythic dragon and blah blah blah. Like, like if you're like trying to make it more historic, like this ancient entity. But yeah. if you're going trying to go more mythic with it, it's like yeah, he's a dragon and blah blah blah. Yeah. There's like a warrior and all this other stuff where. Like Chinese people probably told about it as a dragon. And like exactly, he's gone through the years of like being told as a different thing, but it's always been Godzilla. Exactly, they're trying to mythicize, like mythicize it. Is that a word? You know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Make it more mythic in a way that I think it succeeds at. And it's not as much like radioactive. It doesn't. It goes no. into more of like a because like well the whole he's reason a force of nature exactly, and it works. Like that metaphor works in that movie. Um, uh, and also, again, visually, it's amazing. Like, there's a scene where the evil monsters, because spoiler, there's evil monsters in that movie, which they did a really good job of hiding the in the mood, marketing. The Mudo, um, yeah. The Mudos. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit confusing in the beginning where it's like, who's doing all this early destruction in the early scenes? Was it Godzilla yeah. or the Mudos? Yeah. And honestly, I've seen the movie like five or six times, and I was, I don't know. <laughs> Although, when I saw it the first time, I was fucked up in IMAX. <laughs> I was so fucked up, but I just know I loved it. And then I wa- So when I saw it the second time, That's I was right. like, we I was took like, oh, you yeah. guys. So yeah. senior week. It was my senior week. Oh, God. <laughs> I just... Re- yeah, that was I re- funny. <laughs> I just remember, I remember uh, having a flask with me, and the guy who I was sitting next to uh, was like talking to me during the beginning. And I was like, oh, we're going to Fairfield, and it's our senior week. And we I think it was the day where they take you to, like, a camp. Yeah, it was the picnic. It was the the picnic, and it's just kegs everywhere. I was double fisting all day. And then I saw Godzilla later. And uh, this one guy was like, oh, I went to Fairfield. He starts talking about all these parties. He's like, yeah, Clam Jam, this, that. And I was like, all right, this guy's cool. Now I'm cool to take (laughs) out my flask and put this into my my cherry Coke. Um, That was how I knew. Uh, I probably fell asleep during parts, but I remember I really liked it. And it did the one thing. I think I, I'm just on a Godzilla tangent right now. And I haven't even mentioned Shin Godzilla yet. Uh, but I remember going into Godzilla and being the one thing I probably want from this movie is for him to like just scream fire down someone's throat. And then that like happened. Exactly. It's like, yeah. And I was like, it's the big kill. <laughs> it is. And that 
happened that actually happened again recently where I was thinking about a movie that I was like I was I was really pumped for the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> we keep having to right, go back right to Star so. Wars. <laughs> Sean. We don't have a name for this podcast. We, the, but maybe, Andrew and Sean talk maybe, about everything. Maybe we should call it Let's Get Back to Star Wars. <laughs> where we're gonna talk about Star we Wars. We just never talk about it. We just tangent off on the other things. We just never talk about Star Wars. <laughs> no, no, we'll get to it eventually. No, that'd be funny though. Like yeah. the whole joke of the whole podcast is it's, let's get back to Star Wars yeah. and we never talk about it. it. It's a little bit like um uh Comedy Bang Bang uh host Scott Ackerman. I'm which I've, I've only recently really within the last like year and a half gotten into podcasts and him and Adam Scott have a podcast called, are you talking you two to me? Where the, pre- the pretense is that they hang out and talk about you two, but they're like a lot of times they do, but then a lot of it, they just <laughs> pad it out with a bunch of dumb bullshit. <laughs> and like they have all, they have all these segments of other podcasts that they do. Like, like they'll bring up a movie. It's like, wait, is this an episode of, of uh, I Love Films? And then they play <laughs> intro music, and then they just talk about movies. So That's I'm awesome. and like they have a bunch of other dumb ones. Anyway, uh, so the, so, Ga- so Gareth Edwards, he's really good. He's directed a, a good a, a, a good Godzilla a good movie. Godzilla movie, yes. And again, it's very visually told. There's there's what I this was actually a point I was going to do to kind of get back to Star Wars, where there's a part where the Mutos are pregnant, and you see there's like a shot of what the the main hero man, I don't even remember, the actor, Aaron Taylor kick Johnson, ass, yeah, uh, and he's hiding underneath something, and one of the Mutos walks past over top of him, and then you just see this big pregnant belly on it, which is just like filled with eggs, and it zooms down, and he's like shocked, and like. That movie, he's a blank slate, but in a way that I think works, where he's just kind of... Well, you kind of project your own... You project everything, and I feel yeah. like that's the reason why his performance is the way it is, and mm-hmm. all that, because you need that in this type of... He's also, movie. you know, he's in the military, he has to keep a cooler head in those types of situations, <laughs> and... Nuclear bomb armor or disarmor, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then... Very specific. But they never cut back to people in a control room, and they go, oh my god, the creature's pregnant. There's... <laughs> There's a lot of information that's conveyed in that movie where it's just you visually told Rogue One does not do that. Yeah. And I think that that was the pro- that was my biggest problem with Rogue One was that it the, there's stuff that f- Rogue One was sold on the pitch where it's like this could be a war movie in between the larger Star Wars movies. Yeah. It's not going to be anything like any of the Star Wars movies. Not going to be anything. And it like was that. everything like all of the other Star Wars. <laughs> yep. Uh, but there's moments that shine through where so there's great moments. It's not like a bad movie it's by not. any means. But it just didn't. It there was just feels like didn't, it's hobbled together a little. Yeah, bit. it just like felt like a thing that I saw. It mm-hmm. didn't. Feel, I wasn't. First like, act is incredibly confusing. I was like, I don't even know what's happening. It's very choppy. It's very, very choppy. choppy. They jump around. To like nine planets yeah. and a lot of planets. Some of it is shot in a way that looks like a documentary, like it's like a wartime documentary where yeah. Which is cool. It's That's really cool. cool. And I think that those moments were what the whole movie was supposed to be. Yeah. Cause then you go back to pretty much every dialogue scene in that movie looks is so put together in such a boring way where yeah. I'm like, this isn't what I don't visually visually this doesn't line up with every like Knowing that the movie had a ton of reshoots, they re- they reshot that movie for like two months or something like that. There's a rumor that they reshot forty percent of the movie. Yeah, with that's the, the with, number I heard. And the other rumor is that the writer was brought on to direct it. 
Yeah. That Gareth it Edwards. wasn't Gareth Edwards. And, but Gareth Edwards has been nothing but cordial during this entire process. I mean, and he's he, playing the game. He wants to work again. Exactly. He's playing the game. He's not pulling the track. And I want him to work again. I think yeah. he's, I still, I think he's really good. Yeah. Uh, he he delivered the best half, 60% Star Wars movie mm-hmm. <laughs> he could have delivered, I and thought. I, you know, I feel like probably a lot of the stuff... Rogue One's final act is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Darth Vader stuff is... Horrible. Alright. I have a lot of opinions on Darth Vader in that movie. Um, none of them are good. Um, I thought the suit looked off. I liked that they tried to do the red eyes because his eyes in the first one are red. They're always they're, red. They're, I guess they're always red. Yeah, it's but like they're tell. almost. But like you can tell that they're red in this one. You know, like I guess it was whether it was the camera, or the lighting, that because he was on Mustafar. I'm assuming that mm-hmm. they they never show you the planet name, but I think it's assumed that it's Mustafar. That right? stuff, which was cool. That, that was, was really cool. <laughs> it was like almost like Tolkien esque how they did that. Like yeah, with like the mouth of Sauron kind of stuff. Really, like, that was goes back to like what Star Wars was supposed. Be, yeah. It's like this fantasy, but it's a fantasy. Space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it felt very like and it worked over like over looming. Like, like yeah, it was. You it felt like Tolkien. It felt vibes. like Mordor. Yeah, you get bad vibes yeah. from that place. And but for him, that's where he goes to like fucking unwind. Yeah, think about <laughs> think about goes killing for a bubble young, bath. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's lava and volcanoes. There's not a beach in sight. Well, that's where sand they, like, reference. <laughs> <laughs> I hate sand. Um, so Rogue One, I'd give it like a six out of ten. It's fine. It's very, very like watchable. I rewatched it and was like doing other things and like was like, wow, that was pretty great this time. But then I was like, no, I watched like sixty yeah. percent of this. The whole, the whole, the overall narrative of it is just kind of like okay. And people are like, it was bold. It took risks. It, it oh, it didn't. Exactly. It like, did not at all. Everybody dies at the end. I was like. That's the only way the story ever would work. Yeah. If, if anybody made it out of this thing alive, then I would have been furious. Pissed. Yeah. I would have been really, really upset because yeah. that's like, that's not a saving grace. That's just like the way to make that story work. And I think that's one of the things that they changed too in reshoots was that they all die. I heard that too. That they live. The or other some of them live. speculation leading up to the movie was that they were going to survive. Sorry, it's fine. Uh, survive and. Potentially, like, they are based from the uh, concept art and from the frames that we've seen of the Knights of Ren Mm -hmm. in uh, Episode 7, the rumor was going to be they somehow, like, become the Knights of Ren, which would be weird. Which is, that doesn't make sense. That's too big of, that's a 40-year time gap. I I know. I know. (laughs) I'm just saying. Who's putting that idea together? I don't know. That would have been crazy. Like, they all kind of line up. Like, Like, some of their armor and, like, what... There's like one guy with a big machine gun. There's one guy with like a walking stick. There's yeah. like everybody kind of fits the, the descriptions. Yeah, but that also might just be like an, again like a mythic sort of like this is always the crew. The now. ring theory kind of thing with it's like poetry. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the biggest eye roll so from many, Andrew right there. So many rings in the Star Wars um, universe. It's gonna look like the Olympics logo. Well, like the, the biggest problem, and you know what's funny too? A lot of, and I'm not gonna. I loved Force Awakens, but I also acknowledge a lot of the problems it had. Like it had third act problems for sure. Starkiller base. Um, it's terrible idea. And they literally address it in the movie. But that's it's another not, Death Star. Not enough. Yeah. Not enough. No, they just like make a flippant like throwaway line. It's another Death Star. But 
this one's bigger. Guys, it's different. <laughs> but also, not really. <laughs> There's a way to beat it, guys. Oh, we'll just blow it up like the last two times. <laughs> okay? Uh, well, then we uh, know how it's going to end. Yeah. So what's really the tension here? Yeah. It should have been in the, op- the first shot of the movie, you see... Uh, the Star Destroyer come in and it's got like the cross on the front. The cross, it looks like Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Yeah. Go infiltrate that and like yeah. have to go rescue Ray. I watched some cracked video the, yesterday, I think, where they were talking about ways to fix The Force Awakens. And one of them was going to be, don't make the end game about going to save Ray. Make it that BB-8 has part of the map and the rest of the map is in R2-D2. The final mission should have been to go rescue R2-D2. Because uh. you would have been... R2-D2's been there since the... He's always... He's been in every single movie. It would have been kind of fun uh, yeah. to go... Yeah. have to like, go guys, get R2. Slow-mo dolly in on someone. We gotta get R2. They're literally, <laughs> they could have done a part where everyone's surrounded and then it's like, don't move. And then, I don't know... Who, who would have voiced the Stormtrooper that said, don't move? Because they keep throwing in famous people who oh, Stormtrooper uh, lines. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. No, it's no. Gonna I, be anyone. I'm, I'm going to think of someone hysterical. It's gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm it's going to be like somebody who would have actually done it. Uh, let's go Liam Neeson. Don't yeah, move. Yeah. <laughs> That's don't, the terrible. Don't move. Christian Bale. Uh, oh, Christian Bale would be good for don't one of those. Move. Don't move. <laughs> Dude, that sounded cool on the mic. <laughs> 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 um, oh, for, and the, then yeah. he says don't move and then suddenly you just hear, like, he's just like and he, he falls over and then uh, R2 just has his little taser arm out and, ah, beep, boo, and puts boo. it away and it's like huh who the hell are you that's a good reveal R2 to my they, old friend and that's when you have the meeting yeah, um, the, the, yeah but I, anyway. I, I think that it, had, it does have a lot of the same problems as Force Awakens mm-hmm. but Force Awakens works more, A, because the nostalgia, you have the nostalgia factor in both of the movies, but the nostalgia factor works in yeah. Force Awakens because the characters are there. Yes. They're in the movie. Yeah. Like, you have like, oh, the 14 parsecs, 12 parsecs line, ooh. but like Han Solo's talking to her in the scene, so it makes sense. It's not yeah. like they're talking about it as if he's not there. Mm. And He's like mad. He's like but mad then they, about it. But then they like, 12, yeah, he's like the old <laughs> crotchety it, man. I love that Han Solo is <laughs> mad about it but you know Harrison Ford doesn't give a shit yeah. <laughs> although I do think that was one of his better performances in, the in last a long long time, time. Like he's the, great yeah it's the first time Wiggins. I felt like he was like actually in like g- happy to be there yeah you know I get to get killed in this he's one like, finally oh man <laughs> JJ it's, I've been waiting since Empire yeah. <laughs> um, so he uh but like in 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 uh, Rogue One, it's like, why are the Cantina brawlers there? Okay, this one is the one that always comes up, and I said this in a Facebook post yesterday. They should pop appear in every single spinoff that they do of this era, then they should always be trying to start a fight. <laughs> I want that so bad. I want that. I said this in a Facebook comment yesterday with friends that we were talking about. But the story that we're trying to talk about. I'm just going to say, this is on my con- yeah, it was comment like, thread. Where, where, where those two guys should be like the John Ratzenberger of Pixar movies, but just <laughs> the Star Wars spinoff movies, where they're always just like on another planet and they're always bumping into somebody really irate and like, like what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Do you want to trying to die? And then the buddy's like, hey, hey, fucking cool. Cool, man. Cool, man. And they just keep moving. Like, because uh, why not? My first, my. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, but like. 
my first thought was, all right, let's get their spinoff movie in the style of Roadhouse, where they were like, they were like barred, they were uh, coolers. bouncers, coolers, <laughs> they were bouncers at one time at the cantina on Mos Eisley, and then they just had a bout of bad luck, and they both became like alcoholics, and they just started roaming the galaxy, Dude, like a real, like like, like a kind drama. of a drama, yeah. yeah, not like a not like an action slice movie. of life, just kind of like a good like forty million dollars yeah. Star Wars movie. <laughs> Oh my god, merchandise! <laughs> and it's like you show how he gets like disfigured and like <laughs> yeah, he was once a human man, he looks like a normal guy. <laughs> I um, watch that. Yeah, it would probably be shit. It'd probably be really That'd good. Probably be one of the better ones. Oh um, man! But they, you know what? The, the th- sad thing is, Sean. There's probably already three comic books about that already. Yeah, right. Uh, or someone's trying to pitch yeah. that at Lucasfilm. But like Rogue One, all Red Letter Media on YouTube. That's has, the that's the best review. Their review is so. They have a couple videos on on that, but like it's long, one, but it's good. There, I I always find myself. I agree with them on so many. But they're so even, Steven, about a lot of things. Actually, not all the time I agree with them, but a lot of the movies like they're I pretty harsh on a lot of stuff. They but are, they should be because someone needs to be harsh on these movies, especially these bigger ones. And they really do a good job of seeing through. Um, they're very cynical. They're cynical, but that's the approach that you need. Where yeah. a lot of these movies, when they review it, they just look at it from the corporate sort of why, where, like, they, they, they go from a very, like, top-down. Like, yeah. Um, the, the review on The Mummy was great, where they yeah. just break it up into things it rips off, reasons it was made, cinematic universes, they do all of this stuff, and they do really... This all goes back to Iron Man. It's all fucking Iron Man. That yeah. was, that ruined it. It really changed how movies were it made. Did. I was telling Iron Sh- Man changed how movies were made. Yeah, I was telling Sean that I watched Civil War again last night because not like in a, not in preparation for this. I was just kind of like, you know, I've been like, Civil War. I wanted to watch that. Uh, I was trying to it's take a movie. Book. It's a good movie. Uh, oh, it's gr- it's great. And there was something I had a thought, and fuck, it kind of goes back to this where I feel like Civil War is like. It felt like it's almost like apologizing for cinematic universes. Like there's there's some like meta narrative that I was getting out of it, and I'm kind of blanking on it now. That's kind of interesting. There was something in there that like made me think that, and I can't remember what it was, and I should have written it down because it was an interesting. <laughs> it was an interesting thing to unpack, and now I feel dumb. Uh, that I've killed any and all momentum we had. No, it's with. cool. I, I, no, Iron Man changed it because, like, yeah. that cre- that post credit scene when Nick Fury shows up, you're just like, but what? I, Avengers? I, and then, like, half the people had to look up what the Avengers were in the first place. And, and that's like, when I got <laughs> obsessed with the Marvel movies yeah. because I saw Iron Man on the opening night and I remember waiting around where I was like, oh, there might be this crazy post credit scene. They're talking about doing all this, this, and that. Maybe that's kind of the rumor that they might do a couple more characters and then try and bring everything together. And that's never really been done before yeah. in this way. And then watching those first five movies as everything unfolded and then seeing the Avengers was just like, amazing. Holy shit. That was worth it. It was amazing. And the payoff was perfect. Mm-hmm. And Avengers worked. Joss Whedon knocked it out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And now everything's <laughs> bigger. <to> shit. <laughs> I disagree. I think everything's bigger in a way. And I think I have been saying... Infinity War time is going to be my jumping off point. Whatever the three and four oh Avengers movies God. are, it's exhausting. But I, uh, I it's s- going to be is it's going to be about 21, 22 movies. I forget how everything is, uh, how many. But that's about it, the length of a TV show season. Like 
That's fair. And there, that's fair. There was an, there was the Avengers one is like the mid like the first kind of break of season, the season finale. It's not really a season finale. It's kind of like the first like break. It's like the fall break. Okay. Age of Ultron was like a similar one of those, but it a couple episodes later was really where the story like that was like this big crazy mess, and then it took another it took like another two episodes for it to really like land. Yeah. And now they're. And they're building, and like there's a nice growth to it. Where I, again, while I was watching, I was just like, I feel like that's maybe what it was in Civil War, where it's like they feel responsible for. It's not just that the movies keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's that like all these other things keep happening, and it's all Robert Downey Jr.'s fault. And like there is something about that where I, I don't know. There's something about that where I was kind of. For whatever reason, Marvel's the one that can do these cinematic universes, and every time any other friend studio keeps trying to do it, it just feels exhausting already. Yeah, like well, because Star you Wars, know that the only reason why they're doing it is because money. it's working for Marvel. But like, just let, Mar- all, just let Marvel do it. Like, yeah, you're not going to catch up. It's I don't see. We'll probably talk about it more. Yeah. if we ever get to it. <laughs> Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. Uh, um, yeah, but the but, fan service in Rogue One's just kind of like, do you recognize this thing? Because here it is. Well, that's that's what pissed me off about it too. Was they they kept swinging a big dick about it being like nothing about nothing like Star Wars, and they're yeah. just like. It's gonna be fucking gritty and war movie and shit. And then like, oh, my dad taught me about the Force and yeah. the Jedi, which felt manipulated. They shouldn't have had any any. Well, the Kyber crystals has to be there for yeah. them because it's powering the Death Star. Well, no, I'm saying but the the father daughter stuff felt the most manipulative. Yeah. in this movie because they were like, we need stuff. an emotional backdrop because <laughs> this movie isn't that good. <laughs> and I don't think that there was initially going to be like an emotional no. core of it. I think it was just kind of be a cold war, which would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> Make it weird. Make it yeah. experimental. That's my problem. They should have went. All in. They didn't go all in. Mm-hmm. They 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 bet they like a handful of chips. They should have went all in. Because guess what's going to happen? Whatever you lost on this movie, episode eight will probably reap it. Like it's going to pay it paid off. Yeah. You, you you made two and a half billion dollars, I think, or something, or like two or three billion dollars, whatever it was, on ticket sales alone on the Force Awakens. Yeah. I don't know how much they spent on that. Force Awakens was it's like pro- a three hundred million dollar movie. For, before marketing and like which, which is, is which we've talked about money. before which they did not have to spend a lot of money. money on the marketing for that because no, all you had to do is did. print out go tell an intern to print out the word Star Wars Episode 7 and the date and then just kind of stick it post those walls. around town <laughs> and then just kind of you put like it in schools get people to interview you and just be like no it's a real movie that's happening you don't have to show us anything yeah, you just get Harrison Ford on in front of a camera and yeah. be like I'm playing Han Solo I'm playing Han Solo again and also I cared <laughs> Like, if it is, you're going to trust me. You're going to want to see it. William yeah. Falcon's back. Your Chewy, he's back. Doesn't look a day any older. He looks the <laughs> same as really he did. I really wanted him to be gray. I thought I that would have been be, so good. He would have been so funny looking like, if he was gray. Like, like a streak of white. Like one streak <laughs> like, of white hair. Like an old grizzled Chewy. Are you kidding me? That's such a missed opportunity. But I also love that Chewy looks the same. Because he's Chewy and he should be. Yeah. How long do Wookiees live? 
I don't fucking know. Apparently forever. <laughs> like, they have reverse dog years. I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I they, they didn't, they played it. And I, dude, I, they, I don't blame them. It's a, it's a business. Yeah. You got to play they it spent safe. $4 billion. In, well, yeah, they spent $4 billion on just to get it. Then they probably spent, I think that was a $200 million movie before marketing. Uh-huh. So and they don't want to fuck an, up their investment. It's an investment. Right I get it. But, and, and hopefully, but, hopefully it'll lead to more, Bold films, hopefully after. But Han the Solo, promise was they're not that with the first one they were going to do something weirder and more out there, and they didn't deliver on that. No. They made something safe, safe lab, like a bunch of marketing focus group people. Yeah, funneled it down into. It's a sausage factory. Star Wars. It's a sausage paste. factory movie. <laughs> Star Wars paste. Yeah, <laughs> and so then they kept basically they keep. I'm going to say threatening all these other spinoff movies at us. Like, do you want to see the Yoda standalone movie? Fuck, no, I don't. The standalone movies that I want to see based off pre The other thing with Rogue One, my final two thoughts on Rogue One, I think, for now. Yeah. I'm sure I'll have nine more We'll, we'll circle back. Yes. The is, I don't want any more movies in that era. No. I would say go farther back. Like Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. You know what? I'd see some prequel era stuff with side characters. Make... Make that work. Yeah. I, I have confidence people... Can, enough people... They can make that work. Yeah. I'd, I'd see something like that. Um, I don't want to see anything like that. Uh, they're going to make one of these a year, at the very least, forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't want that. Uh, but they keep threatening all these other spin-off movies. And <laughs> the, the two that I would want to see that have been kicked around are a solo Boba Fett movie and a solo Obi-Wan. Yes. Boba I agree. F- Boba I'd, see, Fett, I'd, I'd like both of those. Boba Fett was supposed to be directed by Josh Trank, who we had already talked about, but he... Uh, uh, Fan stick. And then he... And then uh, what was the other one? Um, There's a lot Obi-Wan. of... Obi-Wan. I read a huge rumor. It's kind of a hot take about Obi-Wan where they're going to like reveal something in episode eight. And then nine, and then Obi Wan. Let's just speculate because yeah. we don't know. We don't yeah. have any no, I, confirmation. Yeah. So on this. I was rumor, talking to somebody. I think yeah. I know what you're going to say. And I was talking to somebody at work. Is about that Obi Wan is Ray's grandfather? He's part of her lineage. They're going to reveal that maybe in eight, and then in between eight and nine, they're going to do an Obi Wan solo movie, where if it if it's him out in the desert, played by Ewan McGregor, in the time in between episode three and four just kind of being a hermit and if he starts a fat the Jedi Order's done so this is a man of this is basically a story about a man of faith in the desert uh, who learned almost that his faith is kind of bullshit I, I want to see or it, that it's gone yeah or it's gone it's been obliterated <laughs> that's a that's compelling yeah. and if he starts and like they're supposed to be celibate and if he starts a family with somebody there I, I want to see oh you like and that oh, this dude. doesn't have to be oh a spectacle. God. You're just making it better. Like you're just making the whole a new hope even better by doing that too. Because then you're like, well, he, then he's just like breaking all the rules with Luke. Yeah, because, that's kind of like, what the vibe it, is supposed exactly. to be anyway, right? Because, because like they they talk about Anakin being too old in Episode One to train, but Yoda, Yoda he, says the same thing. Yeah, well, to Luke. Yeah, too old. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. I can do a better Yoda. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but that's the thing. It's like, but the age difference from Anakin being a Padawan, he's only, he's, he's way like, older. he's like 10. Yeah. He's like 10 Anakin maybe. And maybe they start training Jedi when they're like five. So yeah. he's like four years older, but yeah. Luke's like 1920 ish. Yeah. In 
uh, New Hope. So like Obi Wan's just like at the end of his rope, and like he literally Luke is the hope. He's a New Hope. Yeah, like he's like I gotta put all my chips in on this kid. It reignites all that stuff in him, and it it would give. That's a good retcon to do that. Yeah, that'd be a good retcon. Now on Facebook, we were talking about some of this where somebody was like, "You could have somebody who's not like necessarily like a huge movie person was just like have him with Uncle Owen." Yeah, because Joel Edgerton in the prequels plays Uncle Owen, and Joel Edgerton's gone on to be an, a great actor I and just, director. And director, right? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it either, either, but I heard it's great. It's great. I think I had the ending spoiled for me. I did that to myself, but the uh, I saw. I just saw him in uh, It Comes at Night the other day, which messy movie, but it's really well made, and the performances are all great throughout. And he's good. I. That would that Uncle Owen such a fifty minutes we've already we haven't even talked we haven't about even, Han Solo. we haven't even talked about Hansel. Um, so we got like four other topics. Too. I know we might just stop and then just do another topic, yeah. um, and then we'll just release these and they'll be way out of date by the time yeah. that we release. Yeah, them. they'll have like a Han, it'll be great. And it'll <laughs> make five billion dollars and we'll just be pissed. If Han Solo <laughs> makes five billion dollars, I will be. My faith in movies. I just saw Transformers 5 the other night. My faith in films is very shaky right yeah. now. Um, but Uncle Owen's such a blank slate. It's a great actor who he'd probably be game to come back. And that's an interesting relationship where oh, uh, yeah, Obi-Wan... Yeah, you spun it into something that was more interesting than Obi- what he presented yeah, to us. Yeah, Uncle Owen has Luke, and Obi-Wan's just kind of this guy who's just kind of watching over this kid. There, What is that relationship? Uh, Uncle Owen doesn't. He Does calls he him check old, up on him? old Ben Kenobi. He's yeah. like, oh, he's, he's just a crazy. crazy guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's something there where it's like that wouldn't be his first reaction. Like he would have known him probably for a while. And he would have wanted him to stay away. He would yeah. like, I. He's not. He's a good kid. Like, blah, leave blah, him blah. alone. Don't pull, don't pull him into this. Don't, Maybe. Yeah. Owen. Don't make him like his father. Exactly. If there's a movie with. Um, if they did it where it's, I would want it mostly to be Obi Wan tested with his faith like that. Like they're never gonna fucking make that movie. Like they're gonna say that's what <laughs> it's about. Like, yeah, there's but there's blown three act structure, another Death Star <laughs> <laughs> action <laughs> sequence, and this time, at this time, and blah blah blah. Yeah, but Uncle Owen could be the. Um, uh, he's like a linchpin in all of it. He could be the linchpin. He could be the audience surrogate a little bit, where yeah. he wouldn't really know what's going on, and he could be on this adventure. But he, at the end of it, he's like, I don't want to do this again. I went through this and you're never going to like, you you're know, not going to the Academy. Yeah. That kind of thing. You're um, staying here and farming moisture. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he's 19 and there's no women around. He's farming <laughs> moisture in his room every night. It's probably true. It's probably true. The whole sex metaphor at the end of fucking A New Hope. The, the fucking get, he shoots his stuff into the hole and everything blows up and is real happy. And he gets a medal. <laughs> Come on. That's Hitchcocky, dude. Yeah. That's like <laughs> cocky and It's like in a North by Northwest with the train. Um, yeah, I've seen that. That's uh <laughs> that's uh that's an inter- that's an astute observation. Um, so we should write that script. Uh, unless it's already happening. Um, yeah. And those, those, be, those wheels are turning probably. But they're, they're gonna pick a really exciting 
director like they're gonna get uh let's say <laughs> i was gonna say somebody else i'm gonna say damien chazelle <laughs> i'm gonna get damien chazelle to do it <laughs> not i was trying to think of uh denis villeneuve uh who should do a fucking star wars movie i would let him so i would let him direct my life yeah, that would. guy is amazing he's so good i need to see arrival again blade runner and you know what's great he recently in an interview was just like you know we probably aren't gonna succeed with blade runner i was just like you know what Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Because, like... It's a... I mean, the first one didn't succeed. No, and it's Blade Runner 2. Like, it's... It's probably going to be disappointing. But, like, to kind of like, you know, we went into this not expecting to really succeed. I was like, Denis! (laughs) I'm not going to call you Dennis anymore. Denis! (laughs) Denis Villeneuve! Villeneuve! Yeah, I, uh... Well, I saw Arrival, uh, and Amy Adams and him and the writer did a talk after it, and I was like, this guy is just, like... He's the real deal. He's brilliant. He's got... There's maybe one of his movies... I haven't seen Enemy. I think that's the one. He did Prisoners. Prisoners really good. And he did, uh... What else? Uh, Sicario. Sicario. Sicario's great. So good. Uh, They're doing a sequel to that. Whatever, sure. I don't no, know. No, they're he, doing a sequel. No, no, he's no. not directing it, but mm, yeah, you have Deacons shoot it still, please. Yeah. Well, want. the Deacons is doing. Uh, oh, he's shooting something else that's like pretty big. I forget. Um, Roger Deacons. Let's <laughs> Wonder Woman lasso that yeah. Star Wars back in. So what I was gonna say was they're gonna pick someone exciting probably to do it, and then halfway through it'd be like this isn't as boring. <laughs> this isn't as Star Wars paced enough, and then they're gonna take him off halfway through, and then make a boring bland thing because that's what happened Phil Lord and there, Chris Miller there. were hired to direct the Han Solo standalone prequel movie that's what was happening they filmed 70% of it they were three weeks away from finishing they just got taken off due to quote unquote creative differences apparently they were making a comedy which I think is probably a smart play with with a cast that they had and yeah. this character well it's Han Solo too he's kind of a light character he's not very deep and if this is Red Letter Media's prequel reviews, which are amazing on YouTube, they're like all like an hour long. When when they get to episode three, they point out things that they liked about the overall franchise. And one of the things that they liked was they didn't ruin Han Solo by giving him a backstory. Yeah, young Han Solo never shows up. No, and they're like and they were thought, and then Lucas thought about doing that too on Kashyyyk because they show the whole Wookiee battle. Yeah, which adds a lot to everything. Yeah. Um, and they bring up how it's just like, and you know, like that must have been something he struggled with because, like, you make a kid Han Solo costumes, you're gonna make a billion dollars. Oh yeah, um, that'll give you five more CGI. Print dude. the money. Yeah, like, it's just print money. Uh, and well, there's I, I agree. There. I, I I wholeheartedly agree with um, not giving Han because that's the whole appeal to Han. It's an, he's another character that you project onto. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of want to be. He's like this weird guy that's hanging out in a bar. He's a big he's, dog friend. And he's like got a, a a weird fairy mob dog friend. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, you wanna you wanna ride with me? Yeah. You I'm wanna, a trucker. I can make the Kessler I want to bar sex, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's from Chicago. He's the Chicago guy from uh, you know, and I listen to the bears, you know? Uh <laughs> 
Yeah, no, but that's and that's what's so cool is like who is like you you've been following this kid Luke for about twenty minutes, give or take. Mm-hmm. And Luke's kind of like his kids. He's kind of well, he's an audience surrogate too. He's mm-hmm. asking all these questions. He's like, "What's that? Woo woo! My parents are well, dead. My 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 step parent. But not everyone's gonna want to latch onto Luke immediately. No, there's, some, there's universal things with him, but Luke, especially in a New Hope, is fucking lame and yeah. annoying, he's, especially he, in the beginning. Yeah, and like they show and the, then they show like a super cut of all the questions he asks in the New Hope, and it's like all of his lines or questions. <laughs> Want to go back to Tashi Station and pick up That's some power That's the first line he has. That's the first thing he says in I, the entire series. No, I think... Because yes. it's the Luke and then I feel like he's like, I'm coming to Peru. No, it's like that's, something that's after. That's after. I feel like... Because the fir- there was an original scene that they shot where he's got the... I've seen this in the deleted scenes. He's got binoculars. He's looking at a space battle and it's actually shot really well. It's pretty cool. Well, that's really cool. Um, right. It's from his perspective this. too and yeah. it's like you just see the, like, these little flashes in the sky like almost like reflections and it's like yeah. really cool but... It probably looks cool but I don't think that's an effect that... It doesn't show anything. Like It wouldn't have shown much. It would have connected him probably to the opening scene with the blockade runner. I think that yes. was the idea. Yeah. But... I feel like that's an effect that's super flashy. It doesn't really add a ton. No, it's just like you're in. That's that's just the bridge to Luke. That's just like that's the almost the connecting scene to yeah, be like. But you don't this need is that. where. That's really meanwhile, cool. Luke. That's really cool, and like that would be at the time. That's a, an effect. I don't think they would have a hundred percent. It wouldn't. Have, it would have worked more today. Yeah, than it would. That it would have. Yes, back yeah. then. Don't you wish today, like movies, were like, Star Wars, weren't able to pull stuff off. And like they're like maybe like Transformers Five, maybe we won't have them go into a submarine uh, <laughs> and have Bumblebee standing on the back, and then have Josh Dumel chase them in a submarine. Yeah, um, um, maybe we won't. Yeah, like limitate limitations make movies better because you write you write around it. You mm-hmm. write better characters. You write you write around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I. I yeah, but giving Han Solo a backstory is a horrible, fucking terrible idea. And I think the idea... And especially if it's not Harrison Ford playing him. Exactly, it's some guy. Uh, I don't know Alden Ehrenreich, which, I mean, to no fault of his own. If that, if someone asked me to be Han Solo and gave me a couple million dollars, I'd be like, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, more exciting casting-wise, like Woody Harrelson's in there. I can't wait. He's, he's going to be... He's I feel like mentor. he's going to be the Han Solo of the Han Solo movie. This is, I think, the approach... He's gonna Luke, Han Solo is gonna be like Luke. It's gonna be about Han Solo learning to be Han Solo. Exactly. And you know what? That should be a funny movie. That should be. That, I mean, that's the only way it's gonna work. Mm-hmm. It should be about this kind of lame. This should. It should be about a kid learning to be a cool guy. Yeah. Like that's ultimately what and it Woody, is. What he's like. And hey, you wanna ride with me, kid? All right, all right. All right. <laughs> I can't do a Woody impression. I can only Nobody do a can. Like, that's a, he's, just, he's just a guy. Yeah. He's just like a guy. Woody. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Um, Donald Amelia, Glover. Amelia Clark. Oh, shit. Totally forgot she was in yeah, it. Yeah, I keep forgetting Her role's probably not that big. No. Uh, it's probably like love interest or like just cameo, canteen like cameo. Like if it's like a, if she's like, no, I think she, I feel like she's supposed to be a major character. Or like, like a Maz Kanata kind of. It would probably be like she, she probably... My guess, now I'm thinking about this for literally as long as since you just brought up her name, she'd probably be like a femme fatale. And I feel like okay, the thing that I'm worried about now as I'm going down this tangent is that it would if he like falls madly in love with her and she kind of plays him and then that's the way he is the way he is. And like that's 
don't. I don't want. That. Yeah, I don't want Han Solo to be that way because of a woman. Mm-hmm. Not to be yeah. crude or sexist, mm-hmm. but like, I don't think I, I think, they would I think do there should that. be more to Han Solo than like a woman. Yeah, and. And as as and this goes the same way for women. Women shouldn't be defined by a, a male character. Yeah, and that's we don't know who she's playing, and that's the thing. She's not in any of the other. They haven't shown any BTS pictures of her. No, or, and this movie's still what a year away, something like that. It's like um, next December, I'm assuming, because they're doing yeah, December releases. Although they part. they said that they might nine, be switching nine, nine might be summer yeah and also you know what I hope happens with nine they just swap the director right away already nobody wants Colin Trevorrow to direct nine isn't he doing something right now he just did the book of Henry which is like supposed to be one of the worst movies to come out in a while and I haven't, oh. I haven't seen it yet a friend of mine really oh. wants to I was gonna see if he could see it today but I was like nah oh because go I've been I, I yeah I've been reading like book of Henry is the worst movie mm-hmm. I've been avoiding it because I'm like, if, I was like, a friend of mine wants to go see that. I'm like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go fucking see that. I'll go in as blind as possible. I saw the trailer and it like looks crazy. But oh, it's the kid from uh, Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a great cast. Tremblay, Jacob Tremblay, Lee Pace. I just like saying Jacob Tremblay, Jacob Tremblay, <laughs> Tremblay is Rolls just off the tongue. Yeah, it's a fun thing to say. The um, but Han Solo, man, Han Solo. I'm I'm worried. I'm very worried. I uh, because like. <laughs> Jeremy Johns had the funniest quote I told you that yesterday was like, they were like Jeremy you think Star Wars is going to bounce back he's like yeah I think Star Wars is going to bounce back I think Han Solo is fucked yeah. but because I, I do you reshoot do they here's the big question I don't know how the director's guild rules are but this is based on my knowledge of Superman 2 um, when they canned Richard Donner because uh, they were filming 1 and 2 simultaneously it's cool. he was like about 60 to 70% done with Superman 2. Uh-huh. They brought in Richard Lester, who directed A Hard Day's Night. Great film. Great director. He had to reshoot a lot of X that. amount of... The, he had to have had shot 51% of the movie right. to get credit. Right. So, do... Obviously, they like want everyone to know that Ron Howard is directing the film. That's the thing. That's what we're even so, trying to say for literally an, an hour. hour. <laughs> So they they had a press release because like if they were if they were just gonna like change course and like finish the movie how they wanted and just kind of wanted to keep it hush hush they wouldn't have gotten Ron Howard to do it they would have just had Kaz because they were talking about Lawrence Kasdan coming in and doing it which would have been okay I think his most maybe well, he directed Dreamcatcher and that's the one movie I know of his that he directed Dreamcatcher that's recentish yeah has space aliens in it and I remember I caught the end of it on TV one day. Okay. It's, Dreamcatcher, it's it, there's a how did this get made podcast episode about it where they talked about it a lot more and it's I remember seeing the end of it on TV when I was younger and like I was like what the fuck is happening like, <laughs> it's oh I know it okay they I, shit yeah. out aliens and then one, yeah. there's Donnie Wahlberg's mentally challenged and turns into an alien to fight in a big evil alien and more did he write it too Laurie Lawrence Kasdan yeah I think he wrote and directed it and okay. it's like for whatever reason he can write Star Wars movies but like He's not. He, he really knows how to write Star Wars yeah, movies. Yeah, and that's well. That's the other thing too. They that that was the main conflict that they said that they had was between him and the directors. So it's they're like they're more freewheeling. Will improv things. Will yeah. work stuff out with the actors. Yeah, they're just, actors, directors. They are. They've and they've succeeded at a bunch of movies that should not work. Yeah. The Twenty One Jump Street and 21, 22 Jump Street Lego should not work. The Lego Movie is a hundred minute long commercial, and it's 
one of the, my favorite movies. It's, it's, probably. It's really good. And part of the thing with the Lego, you can watch the Lego movie and under a different lens every single time and it will work differently each time. The last time I watched it, there's a part at the end when uh, uh, Emmett is breaking down to the crew how they're going to break into the tower and like go rescue Morgan Freeman and everybody. Or yeah. Whatever, or not Morgan. They're Freeman. all trapped. Yeah. yeah. They're all trapped. Superman and like Green Lantern. And all That's that. it. All the master builders. They got to they got to figure out a way mm-hmm. to do it. And they, they the plan is the way they're going to do it is they're going to go use the rule books in order to um, get break everybody out. So they go undercover and they like make they they because Emmett the whole thing is like his he's he's not really creative but like he is but in ways that are more he has traditional like untapped potential kind of yeah and like any hero ultimately it feels like it, it's like we can still be as weird and crazy as we want but we need to fly under the radar and still do things the way they're supposed to be done. Twenty One Jump Street is ultimately about two cops who go undercover at a high school. Um, and solve a case uh, of, of a drug problem or whatever, and then they are heroes and blah. And it's this traditional three act structure, but it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy, really funny movie where they let everybody, everybody's talents come through. They let everyone shine. shine. Yeah, the Lego Movie. There's a, that's that they out their plan that that Emmett outlines is I think the way that they make movies. I think that part of the Lego Movie is is Lord and Miller saying like this is the do, are you liking what you're watching right now? This Lego movie? <laughs> this thing that feels like a threat for a while, and then we made it, and it's one of the f- best films of the year? Yeah. And it didn't even get nominated for Best Animated Feature. It should have won insane. Best Animated Feature. It's, that is insane. Uh, it's even just the way it's animated is so good. Um, it, it feels like it's like, do you like what you're watching right now? This shouldn't work at all, right? Well, here's how we did it. And it... It was really, in the last time I watched it and was like, kind of like watching with that lens, I was like, it was inspiring as hell. I was just like, this is how they do it. They know how to make really commercial work incredibly personal and still them. And so I did not want a Han Solo movie. When they got brought on, I was just like, I still don't know if I want this, but I'm confident they're going to find something in here to make it work. Where Well, they can like, they can almost like sneakily subvert Lucasfilm. And I... And that's the biggest bummer where it's just, it's like, let them finish. And then I think that they would have made, I think that they would have, like, if they finished everything, I think they would have made a stronger case where it's like, this is good. But now they have Ron Howard, who has probably been friends with Kathy. He knows her as Kathy, Kathleen Kennedy, for years. And she was just like, you know what? It was really a a thrill that Ron was available to step in. Because we've been friends for a long time. What else was Ron Howard doing? In the heart of this. (laughs) Although, although his his Beatles documentary is really good. I do recommend. But, like, it's a documentary. It's like you're just putting together. He's old. Yeah. This is a movie about a young guy. A youthful. Trying to figure out, trying to become the man he'll ultimately be and his struggles in getting that point directed by initially directed by two yeah I'm, I'm hearing that um initially directed by two of these creative freewheeling guys basically yeah. that is like the most upsetting thing about this it's so it feels so mechanical and cold and like let's print out more of that Star Wars paste. I don't know why I keep using this That's analogy great, of Star it's, Wars it's paste. It's the sausage it's fest. Working, it's the sausage fest. It's the sausage, <laughs> sausage, <laughs> sausage factory. Freudian slip. Did you not even see Rogue One or The Force Awakens? <laughs> Star Wars isn't a sausage party anymore, right? There's a lot of women. There's a, the women are people now. Yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if you're English and a brunette and very pretty, 
you, you can be you in can Star be Wars. In Star Wars. <laughs> and you know what? Princess Leia in that one scene fits the bill. I mean, she's British. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's British for a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I it's the, I meant to say sausage factory. It's it's yeah, like we're gonna put the bits and pieces in, and it's gonna be the same sausage every time. It's gonna taste the same way every boring. time. And like it's a problem with Marvel to a degree where it's always kind of samey, but each they have a formula. They have a formula, but at the same time, there's but they do like Ant Man. That Ant-Man, was cool. Ant Man is a heist. I stand by the third act of Ant Man is one of the strongest entries in the. The rest of it's fine, but I really think that third act is like everything's firing on all cylinders. Everything yeah. that they talk about in the first two it's good payoff. Two acts, everything has a payoff. Um, everything's set up, and they just it's the the third act is just all dominoes, and it works. It's a heist. It's fun. Um, <laughs> uh, Civil War is like a drama for the most part. Political. It's political. It's 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 doing a different thing. Winter Soldier's similar. I think Winter... I personally like Winter Soldier more. I think it's an overall... Sorry. like It's it's not bogged down by the rest of the franchise. I felt mm-hmm. like Civil War was kind of... But, I mean, the story was of it in and of yeah. itself because it's like all the cause... It has an effect in Civil War. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think Wonder Woman worked, too, because it's not bogged down by Batman v Superman and, yeah. Civil, and Suicide Squad and Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, it doesn't again, have the baggage... Some of the baggage. Should we do? Do we have anything else to say on Han Solo? I, I really, I'm, I'm gonna see it. Like we're gonna see it. <laughs> it's gonna probably be reluctant as fuck. I'm gonna, be, but we're gonna hate watch it. But like this is that's also because like I, like I said, I just saw Transformers. Morbid so like, curiosity. I see stuff and I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> see you, you hate yourself more than I hate myself because I still can't, I can't bring myself to see Transformers movies. I've anymore. seen almost everything this summer except for Baywatch for whatever reason. But like I was just planning on watching a shitty. Blue-